for the past couple of weeks, it's just been a whirlwind. And, um, you know, we've been walking through this together. Uh, a lot of the word and the message has just been, you know, talking story about what God has for us in the future through all of this. And there's a hope that we have that's much greater than the material. Uh, even, even in death, there's hope because we know that, that Christ promises us eternal life. And if we have faith in Christ and we, our, our faith is anchored in him, even in death, there's, there's a beautiful hope of reuniting in the future. And I know in this crowd and a lot of you who are here maybe for the first time, um, a lot of us have lost loved ones, have lost possessions, jobs. There's uncertainty of what's going to happen in the future. But one of the things that we are anchored in is that our provision comes from the Lord. Our, our love comes from the Lord. Forgiveness comes from the Lord. And we can, our provision and everything that, that we hope in, it, it's not in our economy. It's not in where we live. It's it's in him, and we've seen him do miraculous things. And what I, the first week, what I talked about was that even in pain, God brings life through pain. And uh, looked at Genesis and how Genesis talks about birth pangs. And my wife, she reminds me of birth pangs and all the pain that she went through to bear our children. And, and I, 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 I told the congregation that that's how she wins every argument in our house. Is it always ends with, well, I had your four kids, and then, you know, I can't say anything after that. Uh, but after the birth pangs, there's life. And no matter how painful something is, God always has a promise of life at the end. Um, I'm missing something. I was going to have Sharina share. <laughs> do you want to hear Sharina share something? This is just how we do things in Grace Bible. It's like, you know. She's, she was, she's uh, been a blessing. She flew in from Michigan, and um, she's helped our team. And how many of you were blessed uh, by receiving or giving um, one of those $500 checks to the families this past week? And um, she was the uh, administrative help behind that. And so happy that she's here, even though we got in a lot of fights this past <laughs> week because she's so bossy. Um, but she wants to just update the church on... on uh, that. He's only being nice right now because, <laughs> no, God has been so good, and this feels like very insignificant to share, but I do want to let the church know um, what God has done. Last week, we just got up, and, and there's been generous donations from churches and individuals who have said we want to give um, to people who have been affected, and John said, okay, church, like, we need your help. Submit names of friends and family members who lost their homes and we wanted to start there. And come Monday morning, we had like 350 names. And we're like, how are we going to do this? Like, we can't reach this many people. So we just started. And as we started, God's continued to bless. So every time we hit the end and we're like, well, in, originally the fund was supposed to be three quarters of it. We wanted to just get out into people's hands. And then we were reserving a quarter for the schools when the kids came to school and helping them with supplies and uniforms and and the names that came in were just beyond our fund. And John was like, give it all. Like, forget the reserve fund. Just, like, get it all out. And as we hit the end and we're like, okay, we can do 200 of 300 names, um, God brought more. And we actually got to 600 names 
uh, this week, and it was just a miracle of God that every time we were done, and I was like, okay, team, at this number, we have to close it off. Then like, we get a call or we get a check, and then I'm like, okay, keep going. <laughs> just keep going as God blesses. And so I just want to share with you just um, the process, because this is the first time we've ever done anything like this, and so we've learned through the process. So right now, we're limiting it to anyone who's a church attender submitting a name of a friend and a family member. And we take that name and we cross-reference it with the list that we've already given out to make sure we don't have duplicates. So now we're not accepting third and fourth parties because kind of what happened this week was people gave that QR code out to other people who gave it out to other people. And when it gets to third and fourth parties, when we call to confirm, then it kind of falls apart. So we're going back to it's just the people here who submit friends and family names and it's one per household. Um, when we got to the third and fourth party, they were submitting five names of people all in the same household. And we had to go back and say it's one per household. And so for the integrity of the fund, we're asking our church people to hand deliver this to your friends and your family members who have lost their homes. Um, and so we're continuing, we're still open to more names. So if you have no more names that you want to submit, and we can continue. Pastor Lance is here every single night last week um, getting checks into our church attenders' hands, and they were delivering it. And our, many of you have become ministers and counselors and prayer warriors, and we could have never done this on our own. It is everybody linking hands. And I know $500 is very insignificant to what people have lost it, it's more of just a gesture of we're, we're thinking of you, we love you, we're here for you, um, and we're here for the long haul. So um, God bless. Um, <clears throat> what I want to focus our attention on this morning, we talked about that future hope that God brings uh, beauty from ashes. Um, what is that hope specifically? Um, in Revelations 21, 1 and 4, let's read the scripture together. Um, 1, 2, 3. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any pain, for the former things are passed away. But God has promised that this is not our home. This place that we live in is going to get shaken and, and in ways that we haven't seen before, um, and we've been a part of that. But this earth is temporary. Whether this earth passes away or we pass away, everything that we see is temporary. But God promises something that's eternal. Heaven is our home. Um, let's read Philippians 3.20 together. One, two, three. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then John 14, 2 and 3, let's read that together as well. One, two, three. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. God promises us a place. And this past week, I, you know, as we were um, giving out checks and resources, one of my friends from high school showed up, and he was a friend that I used to skateboard with all the time, and 
um, you know, we have tons of good memories back in the Kolohe days. And I was like, I can't believe you're a Christian, you know, because uh, stuff happened. And then, and, and uh, actually, he went through a really, you know, difficult divorce. And then he called me up during that time. That was like years ago. And he's from the Lahaina side. And so we met every week and we would just go through scripture. And, and, um, and then, you know, he received the Lord and he, we slowly lost touch because he's on that side, I'm on this side. And then I saw him and I, I, I lost track of him and I didn't know what happened to him. And he was like, John, I got to tell you, like, this is crazy. And I was like, what? And he said, three weeks before this happened, I was, every single time I would open my Bible, it would be to Job. And it would be about Job losing everything. And God would tell me, every single time he would tell me, if, you, if your house burns down, that is irrelevant to my love for you. And he said every single time he had his quiet time, those three weeks that God would tell him, if your house burns down, that is irrelevant to my relationship and my love for you. And he said like, it got so like repetitive and overwhelming. He was driving through the poly one day and he started crying, and he's like, God, don't take my house. <laughs> like, he, didn't, he didn't know why God was saying that. And he, and, and he said that one day that the fire came through, he said that in 2012, a fire went through and, and stopped. And so he was just thinking, oh, it's going to stop. And then he heard that everything burned down. And then he remembered what God was telling him in all of his quiet times leading up to that day. And so he said he remembered God telling him that, and, and he was just like, okay, God, you told me you got, you got this and you have me. And it prepared him. He, and he said, God was preparing me for that. And he said he was in his bathroom and he felt like he was holding up okay. And he was l- looking through his Instagram and he saw a picture of his family standing in front of his house because he just purchased his dream home. And his family was in front of it. And he, just, he said it was like a knife going through his heart. And he just started crying and crying. And he went into the shower and he said he started hitting his head against the wall. That's the kind of guy he is. He's, he's hitting his head against the wall. And he's like, God, that's my home. That's my home. You know, and he's like hitting his head on the wall. And he said it was almost like a super clear voice that spoke to him and said, that is not your home. And he said it just shook him. And he realized that's not my home. Like my home is with the Father. My home is not temporal. My home is eternal. And I was like, whoa. And he was like, yeah. And he was just like bawling, crying while he was telling me the story because he said that's the clearest that he's ever heard God. One of the clearest times he's ever heard God. Our home is not here. Our home is there. Amen? But how do we have faith that what Jesus says is real? How do we have faith that there really is mansions, that there really is a place that is eternal, that there's more than just this life. How, how do we know? And one of the things that Jesus does and what God does is he gives us signs. He gives us miracles. And the miracles are not, like when Jesus turned, turned uh, when he broke the bread and fed the multitudes, 5,000 people, that wasn't because he was going to keep feeding the multitude every single day. The reason why that miracle was important was because he was saying, I am the bread of life. And because I've done this miracle, you can believe in the promises that I have that I am the bread of life. The reason why he 
rose Lazarus from the dead was not because he was going to raise every single person from the dead because they would just die again. The reason why he raised Lazarus from the dead was so that we would believe that he is the resurrection and the life and that there is something greater and bigger on the other side. Amen? So point number two, miracles are signs of the destination. Miracles are signs of the destination. Jesus himself called these signs. And when you're, how many of you have been to Disneyland? And when you're going to Disneyland, there's a sign that says Disneyland with, a, with an arrow in that direction, right? It's a sign. It's not Disneyland. You don't stop at that sign and like, woohoo, and take pictures of the sign, right? It's, it's a sign to something that's coming. And that's the purpose of miracles. It's just a sign. It's an indication that what God has promised is true. And so when you see a miracle in someone else's life, it doesn't mean that God loves that person more than you. Or when you see somebody else and their family got spared, but maybe yours did not get spared, it's not because God was, they're better people and he loves them more than you. These are just signs so that we believe in him, who is the resurrection and the life, who is our provision, who is our savior. Amen? So every time you see a sign and a miracle, and God wants to continue doing miracles, this, this, the beginning of the year, we were praying, God, we're believing in you for miracles. Do you remember during our fasting and prayer in the beginning of the year? We were like, God, we want to see miracles this year. Please make this a year of miracles. And we have seen so many miracles since this happened. And those miracles point to Jesus who is able Miracles are signs of the destination. Let's, um, let's read this scripture together. One, two, three. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told them, you will never believe. Let's read the next one. One, two, three. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. There is a, a, a greater blessing if you have lost everything, and maybe your neighbor has not, and you still believe in the goodness of God, and you can sing of the goodness of God, the scripture says, blessed are you. Blessed are you who have not seen, yet you believe. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, he shall never die. Do you believe this? All miracles are, the, are for the purpose of us to believe in the promise of something that's greater than just this life. Amen? I want to tell you a miracle. Um, one of my friends, he pastors a church in Lahaina. And there's a lot of churches that were spared, but his was not. His church burned to the ground and everything in it. And he was telling us, me and Zach, we ate lunch with him yesterday, and he was saying, I just got, like, all of my equipment. We were, like, ready to go. He's a worship leader as well. And he, he said that his, one of his guitar players just bought the, this expensive rig and was all set up and excited to go. And then the fire came and, and burned everything down. And he said that his alarm on his phone went off, saying that the fire was um, by the Chinese graveyard. And he's all the way on Prison Street. And he said it was just five minutes that the, the flames are all the way there by, by Prison Street. And so he knew that they needed to pack up and get out. So they, they jumped in their car to pack up and get out. And he had a church member 
a 64-year-old woman that lived right across the street from him. And she didn't have a car, and all she did was walk. And so he rushed into the house looking for her, and she wasn't there. So he jumped in the car and left, and he was just praying, I hope that she's okay. For several days after that, he was calling and calling. They were trying to reach her. They couldn't find her. And they thought maybe that she had made her way out, you know, out Kahana side or something. And all her relatives on Kahana side couldn't get, she wasn't found. Come to find out, so just a couple days ago, they found her in Kahalui. And, and then now she's on Oahu with some family and friends. But according to her story, she said that when the flames came close to her home, she went out. And because there was a 90-mile-per-hour wind, she didn't want to go outside. But when the flames came, it forced her outside. So she went outside, and there was already the smoke. And so she was disoriented and was just going around wherever she could. And she wandered around the block several times and then found herself in front of a bathroom. And she said she went into the bathroom, put a towel over her head, and, and just prayed in that bathroom. And she was there for a day and a half. So through that whole first night of the burning, of Lahaina. She was in that bathroom. And then the next day, she came out. And when she came out of the bathroom, and she hadn't eaten for that whole day and a half, when she came out, everything was flattened around it. And then Zach and I, we, when we were taking supplies out, we were on the water. And we were on the boat. And we were passing uh, Lahaina Harbor. And there was one structure that was standing. And it was the bathroom. It was a green bathroom. And it was so odd to see that green bathroom standing that I took a picture of it. And, I, and we were all talking about it, like, what is that? Like, why didn't that burn down? And then I was talking to Matt Higa, and he was saying that his friends that were on the ground, county workers restoring everything, they were just tripping out about this bathroom because there was no burn marks on it. There was nothing around. It was just like nothing had happened to it. And I want to show you a picture of it. Because I, I took it from, uh, this is actually Kamale because she had a zoom lens. But do we have that photo? A second? Okay, we're working on it. So what we found out later was that bathroom, there was a woman in that bathroom with a towel over her head praying. And... And if you look at, I'll show you two pictures, a, a picture from Google Earth, from a top view, and then also from the water. But it's a complete miracle that this woman is still alive. And then I asked, I asked, um, I asked him, because he has an older congregation, and they all live in that district. I said, how many of them passed away? And he said, none of them passed away. And, and that is a miracle. And I, I hesitate to say that because I know there's people in here who have lost loved ones. And it doesn't mean that God loves one more than another. But in certain instances, he will do miracles so that we can believe in the promises of who he is. Her name was Lucida Domingo from Lahaina. Um, where is our source of peace? These things I have spoken to you, that you may have peace, that in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. No matter what happens in our lives, 
we, ha we can have peace, not because everything is okay or not because we don't have tribulation, but Jesus says that we can have peace. Why? Because he has overcome the world. Everything that we go through in life, he has overcome it. And it's just a matter of time, holding on to your faith and believing in the goodness of God. And God can take a situation that seems irreparable, irredeemable, and he can turn it around for his glory. And I believe there's going to be many stories that come out of this where people look back on what has happened and can see 2020 in hindsight that their life was changed and their life was turned around because of what happened in Lahaina. I want to go through um, Romans 6. Should at least let me know when those pictures are there. Um, for those of you that, that might not have a relationship with the Lord, Romans 3.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. All of our life comes through him. It doesn't come through money. It doesn't come through our material possessions, our hope and our faith. It comes through Christ. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can we go to the next verse? This is Romans 5, 8. Let's read this together. One, two, three. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's nothing that you need to do to earn God's approval. It says in scripture that while we were sinners, that he died for us. So what do we do? What's our response to Christ dying for us? Romans 10, 9 and 10. Let's read this together. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with a heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And Romans 10, 13 says this. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This morning we're going to take communion and give opportunity for if you haven't had a relationship with the Lord or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, we want to take communion together and thank him for the gift of salvation, not just in this life, but the life to come as well. Do we have those pictures? Okay, I just got to show it to you because it's crazy. So that's the bathroom that she was in. That's on Kahalui, uh, Lahaina Harbor. And right next to it is the banyan tree. This is from Google Earth. Every one of those white structures, that's all rubble. And you can see that one structure was not touched. And then from the ocean view, this is the ocean view. That, that was, and it's, it's such a weird contrast when you're riding out on the boat because everything is black and then you have this green bathroom that's untouched. It was so strange to see it and then to hear the story from that pastor that said there was a woman in that bathroom praying that entire night. Crazy. God, we just thank you, Lord, that your body was broken for us. And because your body was broken, Lord, we can be healed. So God, we take the bread this morning, and God, I just pray for each one, Lord, who is suffering and who is broken, 
Lord, maybe there's those that are broken because the loss of a loved one or because of the trauma that has been experienced. God, we come to your table this morning that your body was broken for us, that even when we were sinners, that you died for us. You didn't hold it against us, but you loved us enough to come and to pay a price for sin that you didn't deserve, but that we deserved. And because you died, Lord, that we can have the promise of life eternal. Thank you for your broken body. In Jesus' name, you can go ahead and take the bread this morning. And then the cup represents the forgiveness of sin. I just want to pray with you this morning. If you just repeat after me. If you, have, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation where you can begin to walk with him this morning. Just say, dear Jesus, I thank you for your blood that was shed for me, that even as I was a sinner, that you died for me, and you died for everyone that I love. I receive your love this morning. Thank you for your blood that washes away my sin. Thank you for your promise of ever, everlasting life. I receive you into my heart. Guide and direct me. I surrender my life to you completely and wholly. And as you have forgiven me, I make a covenant this morning to forgive those who have offended me. I want to release everyone that has sinned against me. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and take the cup. The first weekend after this happened, we closed with this song, and I want to close with this song this morning. This is It Is Well With My Soul. How many are familiar with the song, It's Well With My Soul? The first weekend that we did this, um, nobody knew how to sing it. It was a disaster. <laughs> Finally, somebody saw us struggling, and he ran up and saved us. And uh, So this time, we're going to sing to a, uh, a video, a YouTube video, so nothing can go wrong. But this is, this is the background of the story. Uh, Horatio Spafford is the one who wrote this song, and Andrea, our administrator, uh, where's Andrea? Oh, she's right there. She's actually a direct descendant from Horatio Spafford. So Horatio Spafford knew something about life's unexpected challenges. He was a successful attorney and real estate investor who lost a fortune in the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking a vacation would do his family some good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. However, while crossing the Atlantic, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spafford's precious daughters. His wife, Anna, survived the tragedy. 
Upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram to her husband that began, saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spafford family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. As Horatio thought about his daughters, words of comfort and hope filled his heart and mind. He wrote them down, and they have since become a beloved, a well-known beloved hymn. It is well with my soul. Um, can we all stand? And we're going we're gonna to listen to this song and sing it if you are so inclined. Um, this song has been ministering to me personally in my quiet time, and um, I want to give opportunity for it to minister to you. If we could get the lights and can play this video. When peace like a river
Lord, we just thank you for the promises that you have. And Lord, even in the midst of suffering, Lord, that you promise beauty from ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be trees of righteousness planted by the Lord, that God, that you would be glorified. We thank you so much, Lord, for the calling that you have on every single one of our lives. And God, though we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God, we will fear no evil, for you are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Can we give him a hand? Thank him. Amen.